Welcome to the show. We have Giovanni. What's up, man? How we doing? Nice to meet you, George. Nice to see yes, you. Sir. So let the people know uh, who you are and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Giovanni. I also go by the Burr Kid. That's B with four R's kid on Instagram. Um, so that's where you can follow me along on my journey. Um, I actually got my start in real estate when I was 19. I got my real estate license and did it all throughout college and was fortunate enough to pay through my proceeds of real or my pay for my college on my own through the proceeds of real estate, through my commissions that I got as a real estate agent. And then I graduated college, decided to do real estate full time and focus my my career on the investment side of real estate and decided to jump into investing myself and bought my first investment property in August of 2020 with a business partner. And that first property was using private money. Um, we got a good deal on it and we intended to burr it out. So we okay. planned on buying it, renovating it, renting it out, and then refinancing it. And then kind of repeating that process, which is what the Burr method is. And oh. the first property that we bought was a three unit. We picked it up for 165000 And I'm located in upstate New York. That's the market that I'm in. Okay. And we bought it for 165000 We put about twenty grand into it on exterior work and raised the rents with the tenants that occupied the property. There were some long-term tenants. So I didn't feel the need to kick them out or do anything like that. I just decided to raise the rents and then help increase and add value to the property. And that ended up appraising, or we were all in it for 185. And that ended up appraising out for 230, like 235 when we were done with it, 235, 236 range. And our local lender um, that we decided to refinance through gives us 85% loan to value, which is hard to find most are anywhere from, you know, 75% to 80%. That's about average, but 85% is a little bit more rare. Right. But locally we have a a credit union that does 85% cash out refinances. Okay. So we were All able right, to pull 100%. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Before, because you just really just dropped the birth strategy right on the people. So I right, go on, let's go back. Starting out, how was your life growing up before you even got into real estate? Yeah. So I grew up in Albany, New York, which is the capital of New York. Um, I grew up here locally, um, went to school here and decided to go to college here as well. But there was a lot of things that took place in my early on life that made me more mature than most people who were my age. And I think that makes me more mature than an average 24 year old. I've been through some stuff in life that average 50 year old hasn't been through. So I actually lost my mom uh, to breast cancer when I was 16. Uh, So I was a junior in high school. Um, So having that loss early on in life really made me realize that I could either sit on the sideline and watch other people succeed and feel sorry for myself and feel sorry about maybe losing my mom and be depressed about it. Right. Right. Or I can use that as motivation and try to make myself um, better for it. Right. And, and live each day like it's my last. And that's like my mentality. And I think that's why I'm more successful. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm more successful than most my age, but I'd say on average compared to the average 24 year old, I'm probably, you know, a little bit more successful. Right. You kind of mile it down, but so your parents were, um, when you were young, what was their occupation? Like were y'all middle-class family, poor, rich? Yeah. So we came from a middle-class family. So my mom worked for the state and she was also a hairdresser. So she did, uh, hair on the side on the weekends with clients that she had. And then my dad worked for a local appliance store, um, selling appliances. Um, so it's not like I came and inherited a real estate portfolio. I, I came from, I, I wouldn't say I struggled in life. Right. I, I, went to you know high school um, and college at a good school. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't like I came from a multi-million dollar family that had real estate, right? right. My dad early on sold uh, mobile homes, which were you know manufactured homes. And he uh, did that you know for up until 2008 and then the recession hit and then he changed careers. Um, so I always grew up going on like showings and listing appointments with him, which is why you know, the idea of becoming a real estate agent um, was kind of more natural to me, right? It wasn't like something foreign. It was something that, okay, that's something my dad did more or less, you know, growing up. And I could see myself in his footsteps doing the same thing, right? Um, So So, that's kind of more or less my upbringing. So, all right. So your parents, they pretty much not really big business owner, but you got his aspiration, you know, full out entrepreneur, real estate investor. In like, in high school, they would say, Giovanni, most likely to what? What would the people say? Like your peers? Uh, you know what? I really, I don't know. Back then, like the school I was in, I, I was probably middle of the pack as far as like grade wise, right? Um, okay. I, I was good in school, but wasn't like a superstar. I wasn't like a, a genius. I like 
I remember preparing for like SATs because that's like a big hit in order to get into college. And, you know, my SAT scores were, you know, average. They weren't like anything exceptional. Right. And I actually kind of avoided like using my SAT scores. Luckily, the two schools I applied to, you know, didn't accept them. Right. So it kind of helped me. It's not like that. I'm not a smart kid, but myself in school, I'm more of a, a person, a doer than an applied learner. Right. Like I like being able to go out and get life experiences and sit behind the textbook and have to, you know, listen to what, you know, so, yeah. you know, so, so. I, this is crazy because kind of like DNA, same DNA, right? Your GPA in high school, what, 2.5? Uh, 2.8? I'd say, mm, yeah, in that, like, so we would go by like anywhere from like, you know, up to 100, right? So I had like an 85, 87 in high school. Okay. Yeah. If you ever listen to Dave Ramsey, he said, um, like, he always asked the millionaires what their GPA was in high school or college. And on average, most you'd be surprised most millionaires are not like the 3.54, you know, they're more like 2.53 because yeah. uh, statistics saying that um, they're not like school is a general studies. But once, you know, after school, now we can go to a Pacific study. So like now you all in real estate, it look like, right? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that's what I do full time. So I've been doing real estate full time. You know, for these last five years, I got my real estate license at 19 and I'm 24 now. So um, from that aspect and then investing, uh, actually, this past week was our two year anniversary. Me and my business partner buying our first investment property together. So so after high school, you go to college. What can you say from now from graduating high school? You know, you left graduate stage to now what helped you in, in college get ready for what you're doing now, if anything? Yeah, I'd say more or less. I'd say not more or less than what I learned in college. I think it's the people that I met throughout college, right? I always was, I, what I took away from that is being like a networker and like always networking and, you know, kind of maximizing the best I can by learning through others, right? Um, not really learning through like a textbook. So like I had really close relationships with my professors and like having those, you know, relationships helped me have opportunities that I would have never had the opportunity to if I didn't speak to them, right? You know, whether it was going on like, academic trips. So I was able to have my college pay for me to go to San Diego, California, which is across the country for free, you know, on their dollar just for me to, you know, go to an academic conference, right. Or, you know, market myself to my professors and say, Hey, look, do you have any internship opportunities for me to kind of explore other options, you know, whether to see if I want to go in that avenue of that, uh, that career field or not. Right. So I think the biggest thing that I, I learned throughout college is networking. Like that's the most important thing. You know, what I learned do I use it today? Yeah. Some, you know, small minute things. Like I went to school for marketing. So, right. you know, it works hand in hand as a real estate agent. What I do full time right now is like, I took away some of those marketing principles and I use them today, but I wouldn't say that I, you know, everything I learned in college is made me who I am today. I think it's more or less those kind of key, key moments is, you know, what I took away is networking for sure. Right. So like, you know, right now they have a lot of uh, seminars, real estate networking events, yeah. I would say, what do you think people like, cause you just said how important college was for networking. So do you go to these events when they have like bigger pockets of conferences and stuff, or are you not really doing that yet? So I go to the local events within my community. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of like bigger pocket types of meetups here in like my local market. So I do attend those and, and that has helped me really meet many different people, whether it's uh, new clients as a real estate agent, or it's, you know, people who are also fellow investors that I can text and say, Hey, look, are you having the same issue that I experienced? Or, Hey, this is what I'm doing, right? You know, maybe it's something you can benefit from. Um, and then also in order for me to do the bear method, I needed private money. So in order to get that private money, you need to network and find individuals out there who are willing to lend to you on that, you know, on your experience and, and trusting you with their, with their funds. Right. So, you know, networking is important in to get that start, right. And to really build an investment portfolio, in my opinion. Um, right. So um, are you go to, say you go to a networking event and it seemed like the ones I went to, the smaller ones, the private money lenders were like, everybody was like begging for their attention. You know, what are, if you go to a, a networking event, what are some people or skills you could use in your business or that would make sense for you to meet? Yeah, I think the biggest thing really is like, truly finding like other investors that are doing it out there right now. Like you go to a lot of these smaller, like 
homegrown events, right? The local events. And there's a lot of beginners and, and that's, and that's great. There's, you know, everyone has to find their start and that's, you know, where you would get your start is going to a local event, but trying to find someone there that maybe is a little bit more successful than you, right? Maybe who is doing a little bit more than you, because they say you're a product of your environment, right? If you surround yourself with 10 millionaires, you'll be the 11th millionaire, right? Or, you know, if you surround yourself with 10 bums, you'll be the 11th (laughs) bum, right? Like that's what it comes down to. So, kind of surround yourself with like-minded individuals is important. And I think trying to pick the brain of those who are a little bit more successful and say, all right, how did you get to where you're at? You know, what are you doing right? Sometimes people in a local community might be a little bit more protective and sheltered and they may not want to tell you their trade secrets, right? But, you know, having, you know, finding someone that can be your mentor, I think is important. Like having a mentor as a real estate investor will help you grow. I think in a mentor and anything, whether it's a real estate investor, you know, maybe, you know, you're an accountant or you're, you know, something you're, you have a different type of field and finding a mentor within that industry is important to help you grow as a person. Right. And if, you know, that mentor is more successful than you, which most mentors are, they'll be able to give you good advice, sound advice, and you can learn from their mistakes and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Right. And yeah. tailor it to your journey. So, so I, all right, that's networking event. Complete opposite of that is um, like self-improvement, being by yourself, you know, knowing who you really are. What are you doing in, in that case? Because I feel like, you know, with social media and the cell phone these days, it's almost impossible to be present and just live in the moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some things I like to do outside and that, that make me think more or less, right? Like, what are activities that I do that, you know, help me maybe get away from my cell phone or get right. away from social media? You know, I like to golf a lot. That's the biggest thing. So when I'm on the golf course, I'm thinking about, you know, my golf game, more importantly, right? Trying to help improve that. But I'm also thinking about, oh, like, yeah, like, what are other ways that I can maybe scale my business or, or grow, right? It's one way to get my mind off of other things. And then sometimes it's also good to get your mind off of just, you know, maybe real estate in general. Maybe it's good to have a clear conscience. You know, I like to golf, fish, things like that. But, you know, being able to escape and get away from technology is important at times, right? I think, you know, people get caught up in it. And I think being able to go over kind of your plan and your goals, like having plans and goals in place will help you succeed. You know, it has, you know, it gives you something to look forward to, right? At the end of the day, like you have something to work towards. So that's important. And like taking time out of your day to realize that is definitely important. So, yeah. And that's on, um, when you say that, how important that time is, if you ever notice um, people, or low, I ain't gonna say low income, but low income, they don't have control of their time. And that's one of the things like. I think your mic just went out on me. I can't hear you. Yes, so um, like I realize people, you when you don't have control of your time, that's one of the things like people don't, are scared to be by themselves nowadays with social media. And, you know, this little thing I started doing now, I get up, you know, before the sun come up, I get up at five o'clock and from five to eight is like my time. And you'll be surprised how much you get accomplished in a day when you work for three hours straight with no interruption. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I've been looking at like, I think Kobe Bryant, he was saying a video like that. He worked out, he said the average um, player, wake up, work out at 11 o'clock. Then they rest throughout the day and then work out again at six o'clock. He said he was waking up at four o'clock, work out to six o'clock, rest and work out again at 11 o'clock. So he getting four reps in to your two reps. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you do that for like a five year period, it's physically impossible for the person who's working out twice a day to catch up to the person working out four times a day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's if people just knew, that's simple almost, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think a lot of people in life, they, they create excuses for not being able to deviate that time right out of their, out of their day. Right. they they get too busy and, you know, whether that's too busy sitting on the couch or whatever it is, but you know, it is important to, you know, have that. And sometimes I'm guilty of that. Like sometimes I don't take time out of my day to focus on myself. Right. And, you know, I do at times I'm like, wow, I gotta, I gotta kind of rope it back in and be like, all right, now is the time to really focus on how you can, you know, self-improve. And that's important. Very, you know, it is, it's very yeah, important. And, and that's what I want people to take away from it. Yeah. Like me and go out did it. Me, I was, I was diving into real estate, like real estate, real estate, real estate. And now it's to the point where, uh, 
I'll read something different, but it's still helping real estate, you know? So you can relate it back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So people like people got to just slow down and take time to do things that are impactful. Like if you're a realtor, what's the, the most priority? Sell homes. So everything else, you kind of want to divert, you know, much like if you got like somebody pick up your trash can for $10 or you got to take it to the place, pay somebody because you got more high power hours going to selling them homes, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, like, and right. that's something that, not to get off topic real quick, but that's something like I'm facing right now. Like I just bought my first ever house hack. Right. right. And that is like, when I, when I bought it, I said, all right, like I've, I own 27 other units. So I own 30 units in total, you know, including this three unit house hack. Right. right. So the 27 other units, I always hire out the work and I, and I knew, you know, I wasn't good at doing construction work. Right. Hire it out to someone who's really good at it, but I decided on this three unit. All right, let me try to do it myself. And, you know, I'm good at painting. Don't get me wrong. I can do that. But right. when it came into like, you know, put, so I took out one of the walls. So it was a three bedroom apartment. I took out one of the walls and made it into a two bedroom. Right. And to put that like wall back together again, you need to have a nice like header in place. You got to have good supports. Right. And that's beyond my like knowledge. Right. I, right. That, and I don't specialize in that. So I'm over there racking my head, you know, around it. And I'm like, wait a second, I need to slow down because I can't, you know, do everything right. At the end of the day, there's things that I'm good at. And then there's things that other people are good at. And I'm really good at selling houses, right. I'm really good at, you know, making money that way. So I'm taking away from that time to try to focus on something that, yeah, maybe I can perfect it after a course of a period of time after practice, but I might as well just hire the professional to get it done and focus on what I'm really good at. Right. And like goes back to what we just said. And, and people uh, underestimate the power of that, you know, and I remember, like maybe a couple months ago, we sitting outside my house and the guys showed up to mow the yard. And my guy, my um workers, they know I got a lawnmower in the shed. They're like, you sitting right here and they finna mow the yard? And it's like, I really, because I used to be mowing all my property yards and I mean, the blades be flying off. I mean, I'm going to the lawn shop more than I'm cutting yards, you know? So I realized like, all right, I get this guy $30 and he'll cut my yard and I ain't got to worry about fixing, putting no oil or gas. Even though I'm not doing nothing, it's still, I know I can spend, if, I, if you use them hours to do something productive, it's, it could be better spent. That's awesome. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So the house hack. I know I, I like, that's when I kind of, um, that house hack, my first house hack was when I discovered um, that thing on Bigger Pockets house hack and buy duplex living one side or the other. And when I, as soon as I heard it, it was like, I was a mailman at the time and I immediately Cause I was driving down that American dream. I had me and my wife, we had a picket fence house with a dog. I mean, I was driving that 40 year mailman drive. And then I heard of house hack and I immediately threw the car in reverse, like telling my wife, like, I, uh, we can do this. We can live for free, you know? And I, I jumped the boat and went that way, but tell the people what your plan is with this house hack. And I just know this going, this going to change the trajectory because you are not, unless you came from living with your parents, you're living for free starting now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I bought this, it was an off market deal that I picked up. It's a three unit uh, property and it's very close to my other investment properties. So it's beneficial. I can keep an eye on my other, my other buildings too, which is close by. And I, I was actually, I've been trying to get a hold of the seller of this property for the longest time. Cause me and my business partner, we were going to buy it and do a bear. And we went back and forth with them, you know, our numbers, we couldn't meet eye to eye in the numbers, yada, yada. And that went on for a year. And then I get a phone call from them, you know, basically saying, Hey, look, the third floor tenant just moved out, which is the top floor. Um, would you guys have interest at this point to take a look at it? And like immediately in my head, I'm like, Oh, third floor. Like, that's perfect. Like a lot of people are like, why would you want to live on the third floor? I much rather live on third floor and create all the noise in the world than not have <laughs> anyone to live above me. Right. I yeah. much rather, you know, feel like I have, you know, my own sanctuary. Well, of, no, because you got to get movers to move that stuff up. So that's I know that's going to be the dilemma. Up. We'll wait yeah. until that happens. <laughs> that, that'll come out pretty soon. That's the next few weeks. So I'll let yeah. you know how that goes. But <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's going to, that's going to stink. But once we're settled, like it's going to be good and, and I'm happy for it. But that three unit property, basically with me purchasing it, if I keep the rents the way they are right now, I'll be living there for free plus making $300 a month. And that three hundred dollars a month, I can go ahead and put that towards maybe my utility costs, right? Whatever but, but, gas and electric. But just stop right there. Just sit. All right, he's buying a triplex, right? And after every month, the plan is to be making positive three hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, like, for people who are listening, basically, I'd be trying to tell a lot of people to do this for their first house, but it's hard to get through. But you basically, if you pay here, in, I'm in Florida. The minimum rent almost for a two bedroom is fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So just think about that. He not only went from not paying fifteen hundred to making three hundred dollars a month. That's like almost insane. That's like a straight trajectory up, you know. Yeah, and and the upside potential too is if I go ahead and raise the rents to what market value would be, I can get it up to really six hundred dollars a month if I wanted to get crazy. But you know, down the line, my plan is all right. I got to think long-term, like, am I going to live at this place long-term? Most likely I'll be living there for a year. Right. And then plan to do this again. The ultimate goal behind me doing this house hack is to more or less get these properties where I can eventually buy myself a really, really nice single family house in my market with the cash flow off of these buildings. Right. I can take the cash flow off of these buildings and put it towards my monthly mortgage on maybe a really nice house, like a $600,000 house or an $800,000 house, which is like a really nice house. And like my market average sale price for a house is like 250,000. Right. So the game plan is to do this maybe two or three more times after, after this one. But um, also yeah, go ahead. I, I don't want to be like the other shows because some shows make things seem easier and is, but if you um purchase it, you have to refinance so you can, like say somebody purchases FHA, you refinance to the conventional and then it's yeah. open to do it again. So it's kind of like a repeat yeah. process, but you can't just keep using the same FHA. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And this one, I ended up doing a conventional loan and it was 15% down. And, and I regret that. I should have just done an FHA loan at three and a half percent down because I would have saved more money, but it was kind of like me. It was almost like an ego thing because I like for the last five years, I wasn't able to get approved for a loan because as a real estate agent, it's a uh, 10, like I'm a 1099 employee. Right. I don't have a W2 job. So I need to show two years of tax returns. And my tax returns were strong these last two years, but it was just, it was very finicky as far as me getting approved. It was a long process. And I finally made that, that step. And it's almost like, all right, to the mortgage lender, like I can afford this 15% down conventional loan. Like let's roll with it. But in my head, it wasn't smart. Like I should have just three and a half percent down, save that money. Now I could put it towards the renovations of the property. Right. But was, I'm not overstretched. But so, was that a multifamily or a single family? That so this is the a multifamily, the three unit. Yeah. I'm talking about the 15%. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. But the interest rate's good. Like I'm getting right now, the average interest rate as we speak is like, High fours, like low fives, right? Like in that range, right. like 5% is probably about average right now. At the time, that was about two months ago, I ended up going under contract on this. They offered a program called a 10-1 arm. So basically the first 10 years, it's a fixed rate at 3.85%. And after year 10, it's adjustable. So my game plan is to refinance out before that ever even becomes an adjustable rate. I'll probably even refinance out rather soon and almost do it as a house hack burr. Right. Uh, I might right. go back to Burke because it's what I'm used to, where I bought this property for one hundred eighty five thousand. I know as it sits right now, it's probably worth about two ten, you know, as we speak. So I got a right. really good deal on it up front. So if I wanted to burn it out, I could. Sure. And if I added, you know, maybe renovated the two units below me plus my unit, you know, all day long, this property would the after repair value would be right around like two seventy five. So if I put a nice thirty or forty thousand into it. I'm going to see that money back. Maybe I don't do a hundred percent burr like I'm normally used to, right. but I might be able to leave, you know, five or $10,000 in the deal instead of leaving 60 or $80,000 in the deal. Right. If I just decided to do the renovations and keep my 15% down, that's in the property. So then I can pull that money out, like you said, and buy something else with it. Maybe use that money as a down payment for another house hack, or maybe just a, a traditional single family purchase. Right. Um, so using that snowball effect, but once I leave this property and renovate, you know, my unit's going to be really nice. I want to make it a place that I, I want to feel comfortable living in and then renovate the two other units. My projected cash flow would be right around $2,000 a month. So wow. then I could take that $2,000 and, you know, put it towards a mortgage. And that would get me in my market really at probably in $250,000 house. Wow. Right. And I'd be living for free in that house. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I could say like, cause we all made plans. We made plans, but they they all change, you know what I mean, with the market. Because when I even when I first started real estate, I'm like, I'm buying the cheapest house on the MLS. Let's go get it. And now, yeah. you know, it's been three years later, it's a whole new thing. So yeah. I guess people can have a plan, but that as long as you're doing something is the key, some yeah. kind of action. If you don't do nothing, that's when it gets scary. So 
I was gonna ask you, like, what is a mistake you learned from so far since you've been doing real estate? I think the biggest mistake, you know, there's a lot of people talk about their successes, right? And right. I think the biggest mistake that I've had as far as like the investment side of real estate was one deal in particular. And I plan on sharing it on my Instagram story here in the next you know, few weeks, once we close on it officially. But I, so it was my fifth or sixth bird that we did. And I thought the sky was the limit, right? I thought like, all right, this is easy, like easy, easy, easy. Like we're going to be able to pull our money out every time. Right. What's good is I had a plan in place. Like we just talked about, it's always good to have a plan. So I knew I'd have three outs if something went wrong. So I always like to have three outs in any deal that I purchase. So what does that mean? That means that I buy a property, but I'm buying it under value enough where I can sell it tomorrow for a profit, right? That's out number one. So buy the property, close on it. And then the next day I can sell it for a profit. Out number two is, okay, I can do renovations to it, flip it and put it on the market and make a profit, right? That's out number two. Or my ultimate goal and plan for the the investment properties I have is buying hold. So, you know, the ultimate last third out would be, all right, we do the renovations, we refinance out, and now we're able to keep the property, right? Mm So one of the buildings that we purchased, we bought it at a pretty reasonable deal. It was 135. It was a three unit in my market. And as it sat, I believe it was worth right around like 155. So I'm getting a $20,000 discount off the rip, right? right? So if I want to sell it tomorrow, I could make a quick 20,000 if I wanted to. But I decided, you know, again, we're going on our, our burr plant. So we're going to, we're going to hold out and wait for, wait for it to, you know, do the renovations, raise the rents. Well, the day that we closed, we went to the final walkthrough and we saw that there was a tarp up on the roof. I'm like, what the heck is this? And again, I'm buying it at 135,000. It's worth, you know, another $20,000 more call it 155. Right? right. So in my head, I'm like, all right, it's fine. Like we'll just buy it still. Like we're buying it as is anyway. So let's just, we'll close on it. And we'll put a new roof on it. That's fine. It's okay. Like we have it, we have it enough budgeted in our renovation costs where we can afford that, that mistake. So ended up closing on the property, put a new roof on it the next day. The roof, you know, was a significant amount of money, but we were, we accounted for it out of our renovation costs. Maybe we don't put ten thousand dollars into, you know, these three units. We can kind of, you know, work our budget around and maybe, you know, not put less money into it, but be more strategic on what we renovate. Right. And then we knew that the foundation needed to be repaired, but I thought it would be something that I could I could save for and renovate or repair in like five to six years, give or take. It wasn't like an end all be all. It wasn't something that needed to be done right away. And in the meantime, I could add some supports in the basement, maybe put some lolly columns up and and put like some footings down, cement footings and, and help support the house. So I have peace of mind. Right. So we ended up having our Mason go down there and long story short, he doesn't work for us anymore, but he went down there with two by fours to like frame out the footings, right. To put in these lolly columns just so that it was secure. Well, as he was going down into the basement, this was like an old house that was built like probably early 1900s. So they used like cobble, like actual cobblestone, like actual stone to like right. build the foundation of the, the basement. And the contractor went down there and the two by four by accidentally, maybe he did it on purpose. I don't think he did. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that it was an accident. Hit the foundation wall and the whole entire foundation wall on that one side in like a five foot section crumbled. And this is like the dead of winter, like winters in upstate New York get cold. Like this part of the winter was like, we had like a week span of like minus 10 degree weather. Like it was super cold. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this is the worst time that this could possibly happen. And we ended up going down there, jacking up the house. I ended up getting rid of that one Mason because it's just like, what the heck? Like you messed up. Like we ended up having my one like ACE, crew of contractors go down there and get it done but still it was like minus 10 out they're down there in the basement opened up to the elements because the house was jacked up you can see the outside still and we're building a new foundation wall like right there like an l like of the foundation so like quarter of the house and that took a significant blow out of our budget that we weren't expecting right it was something that was unexpected and but again i had those out so it was still all right so i still had that game plan but that's like one of the mistakes. So we ended up analyzing the deal again. And it's like, wow, like now I can't renovate that one unit. So I can't really bring it up to where the true after repair value could be. Right. So we decide, and then interest rates, interest rates kicked in, right? Interest rates were wrenching our cash flow. So instead of me saying, all right, I can hold this in cash flow a little bit, I much rather not hold it in cash flow a little bit because there's so many other issues that still need to be fixed that it's like, all right, we'll just sell the property. So we right. ended up selling the property 
and we are going to break even on it, which is awesome. But it was a year's worth of experience, right? I bought it August of this time last year, a year's worth of time and effort that I wasted that I could have better, you know, better spent on something else. And the reason looking back on why we even purchased that deal is because last year at this time, we were scrambling to buy another deal. We wanted to kind of keep our crews going. We wanted to keep our private money rolling. But sometimes it's good to take, you know, hit that pause button and say, all right, now is not the right time. Like, don't rush into something. And like, that's something that I learned is like, I rushed into that and I will learn from that mistake. I won't rush into the next deal. I'll really, truly analyze it. So it's exactly what it needs to be. And that's one of my biggest mistakes so far as a real estate investor is that one deal. Not that I lost a lot of money on it. I broke even, but still it was a lot of time and effort and it was probably a valuable mistake and good lesson to be learned. And now I, it kind of, you know, I, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason that happened for a reason for me to realize, all right, now I can, you know, slow down and not rush into the next deal. Right. So that's kind of, that was that story. Your mic went out again, I think. You hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So I, that's crazy because I, I had some similar like that happen, not far as the damage and structure, but it took a year's worth of my time I think the house was on the market. My, I might have had it for like 500 and some days. You know, it was on the market for a whole year tied yeah. up. But I want to just say, you know, that is kind of like it, it, it holds you back because you can't really move forward to do what you're trying to do until we snap this in the butt, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm projecting, you know, once this closed and you're not thinking about it no more. Like, and that's what happened to me. Once I closed it, because I jumped into the deal. Right after I did a good deal, I did a flip. You all cocky. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I jumped in the next deal, and this next deal and smacked me upside the head. Yep. But I think, I think once it passed, it made me like everything just started going faster, you know? Because this yeah. one bad apple was kind of holding up the rest of the tree. Yeah. That's absolutely. It. Yeah. So, and not many people talk about like they like you'll see on Instagram like all these success stories, but they won't talk about like really like, what like has thrown them back and every investor experiences times like what we've experienced, right? Like a setback. Right. And yeah. that's not, you know, everyone tries to be like, Oh, you know, real estate investing is the best thing ever. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's the, in my opinion, it's the best way to build generational wealth. Right. That's like my goal. But overall there are times that things come up that you have to persevere. Right. And it's just like anything in life, you know, things happen in life that are unexpected. It's how you handle those and how you react to those, those issues or problems. And, you know, you persevere through them. Right. And that makes you different than the next person. So, yeah. So that's, um, I was going to recommend for your, like, you know how we get like, Oh, it's me, me, me. I'm the real estate guy. I'm smart. Well, I think that that's why people meditate or listen to that inner self, get in solitude, go in the woods, because I think when you're making that money doing flips, it's so loud. The music's so loud. You really can't, you might miss something easy mm-hmm. rather than like now I take a lot of, I get up in the morning, five o'clock workout. So I spend a lot more time thinking about stuff before I actually do it rather than just, if you're not thinking and you just make a decision, it's not the best decision. And people think uh, making a decision out of sport. Like if I make a decision tonight at 10 o'clock, it might be a bad decision because I've been thinking all day. I might've made the right decision at eight o'clock this morning. Cause I was mm-hmm. just waking up. So you got to look at making decisions is like, that's a big deal. Like go sleep mm-hmm. on it sometimes. Exactly. You're right. It's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry, right? You're going to buy everything in sight when you should in reality, you don't do that. Right. So don't yeah. do that. Yes. Oh man, this is crazy. So, all right. What's like, are uh, your, why, why are you doing this? Why do you want to make money in real estate? Why do you want to own this many rental properties? What's the big like reason? Are you trying to, be somebody you want to do something what's your why yeah i think the biggest thing is like creating financial freedom for myself like i don't want to have to like i don't work a like typical nine to five job as a real estate agent as it is but i don't want to have to be a real estate agent for life right don't get me wrong i have passion in like selling real estate and like what i do but i don't want to be stuck doing this when i'm 60 or 70 years old i want to be able to enjoy life right again it goes back to like the loss that i had early on in life when my mom passed away when i was 16 like i want to be able to go on vacations or go and enjoy different you know places around the world stuff like that like i like to travel a lot so having that 
financial freedom will give me more of those opportunities. And that's what I'm working towards. And, you know, the goal is to be able to say that I can retire at a young age. In reality, I know my goals will just be 10 times that then, and I'll just be working and working towards those higher goals. I probably won't ever stop working, but having that financial freedom to do what I want in life, I think that's the biggest thing. And then also keeping in mind that eventually I want to start a family and have some sort of generational wealth. So if my kids want to, you know, do whatever they want to do in life, they're able to, right? Help support them through their college or whatever it is. You know, that's kind of what I, what I'm working towards overall in life. So, and why I, I'm doing what I'm doing. Got it. I was, I was going to say something. It was, um, you said your why for financial freedom. All right. So, you know, you got big dreams. You're doing a lot with all these rentals. What do your friends and your family say like about all this you're doing? Because technically, like you said, you, you, you're doing way more than what you're uh, what say is supposed to be doing at your age. So what do they think about this? Yeah. So at first, a lot of people thought I was nuts. Like they were like, why would you be, you know, putting yourself at risk and buying all this, this real estate, yada, yada. And then the more that I've been doing it and the more I've highlighted my story and showed them kind of the decisions I made as an investor, I don't know everything, but they were smart decisions, right? They're like, wow, I want to be like you. I want to start investing into real estate. And, you know, that's like really awesome to see, like kind of helping influence others around you, right? Like realizing that, all right, maybe they understand real estate investing before and they had a, maybe a not, I wouldn't say negative persona about it, but they thought it was more high risk. And then they saw me doing it. And granted, it is high risk, right? Don't get me wrong. Like what we do, there's risk involved. But right. the way that I do it and how I've had success, it motivates them into wanting to do it. So a lot of those around me today are motivated by what I do and reach out to me all the time. Like a lot of my friends from high school or, you know, people I went to college with, they'll reach out to me and say, Hey, look, I want to eventually get into real estate. And what's awesome is I'm a real estate agent in my market. So I can help them, you know, go out and take a look at buildings that are, you know, similar to like what I buy. And I'll say, Hey, look, this is what I think is a good deal. And this is what I think, you know, it's probably not so good of a deal, right? We got to look at the numbers, but um, having those people reach out to me now is, is rewarding and fulfilling. It's, it's cool to see for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely can say like, even me, I'm a real estate agent, but I, one person, an uh, older realtor, told me, she was like, because she was like, who are you? What are you? I'm like, I'm a real estate agent slash investor. Because deep down in my heart, I'm an investor. But like on my tax return, I'm a real estate agent. You know, so it's like, so I want to be an investor. I think that's every real estate agent goal, you know, to be an investor. So I say that would be your next step, you know, full-time real estate investing, focusing on, you know, that part. And yeah, just growing in that way. Because that seemed like, that's where um, the high quality hours are being spent. And even me, are you feel different when you sell? Like if I'm selling your home, I'm happy. But when I'm selling my home, one of my properties, I literally can't even eat until the closing done. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I haven't sold many of my buildings. So like the one that like I keep a lot of things I purchase, right? And I like technically with the Burr method, I flip it back to myself. But I mean, this one right now, the story that we talked about, like I can't wait for that to be like finally closed. Like, you know, I again, like sometimes even like from my standpoint, like on a refinance of a of a Burr, right? Like that's when I'm like in a way like repurchasing right. the property, right? Yeah. Those refinances, like I can't wait to figure out like what that amount's going to be, right? Because it's nerve wracking. Like you put a lot of time and effort and now you want to know what it's worth. And like, it can make or break you if it doesn't appraise out to where you need it to be, right? So like, it's definitely, you know, those are times where I can't eat. Like I, I, I kind of stay up at night and I'm like, oh man, like when's yeah. that going to come back? So, so yeah. my, all right, this is a selfie question. Then this last part, like, cause I got tricked into bird. I did a bird. I bought a house for like this was one of my second or third houses. I bought it for $40,000 cash, put like maybe 10,000 in it. So I'm at 50,000 and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's worth $80,000. So I go to the bank and I tell them I want to refinance. And they say, I got to wait one year. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some lenders out there that make you have, they call it a seasoning period, right? Okay. It's, you know, making sure that, you know, it, whatever they have that stipulation and, there's a few in my market that do not have that seasoning period. So one of the people that I, I refinance out with, they don't care when you do it, honestly. Like I could buy the building next month if I get through my renovations in time and raise the rents and do everything I need to do. They'll refinance it out that month, right? So um, it's just finding the right 
lenders out there because there are a lot of lenders that will make you hold it. There's another lender in our, our market with good competitive rates and a good like loan of value cash out refinance. They make you uh, wait six months, I think it is. Right, six months, yeah. So some people like when they're diving into these things, like, right, like you got to do your research in advance because it may look all good on paper, right? And then you miss that one step. And that's something that most people don't even think about right then and there is, you know, you, you know, when you refinance out, you may have to wait depending on who you use, right. And where your market is like that, some markets. That's that why I, the lenders policy all the time. So, yeah, that's why I say, I like to tell the be transparent because some people, yeah. like I, you say, you just, Oh, go back and refinance. They not people like I, and I was beginning. I didn't know I had to wait six months to a year. I yeah. thought once I was done, I'm going to the bank. Every lender saying that, but that just yeah. for people um know. So this is the last five questions. First thing that come to your head. There you go. If you could spend a day with anybody in the world and just like have lunch, pick their brain, who would it be? I think right now, like Jeff Bezos, right? Like I think what like he's done with Amazon, you know, growing it from a such a like a smaller company to like where it is today, like one of the biggest companies in the world. Like that's like it, like sometimes it's mind boggling. I don't even understand it. Like, I don't know how you can even do something like that. Right. So like picking his brain, just figuring out like, what is he doing different than the average person? Cause he's doing something different. He's gotta be right. So, you know, understanding what he's doing different is like something that intrigues me. Um, so that would be the one person. Yeah. Him and how about you for you? Like, who do you think? Oh man, nobody ever asked me that. Oh, let me see. If I could pick one day to spend the actual, who I'm going to see? That is a tough question. I asked you, Brandon. Oh, I'll probably go see. I might go see Steve Harvey. All right. Yeah. 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 Probably somebody like that. Okay. Steve Harvey's got some awesome, awesome advice. Like, I think the coolest, like, one of the coolest videos I've seen was his suit, like, combination type thing, right? Where yeah, like, I've seen that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where yeah. you can, like, you buy five suits and you can turn it into, like, what, however many outfits he says, right? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but pretty, like, those are, like, that's, like, true advice. Like, very cool advice, like, for someone to, like, grow their, not only their personal image, but, like, as an entrepreneur, like, that's, like, something to keep in mind. And, like, that's just, like, it's like thinking that way, like makes you kind of think bigger about things in life too. So yeah, yeah. and then it's just the one word he always used, in which people don't underestimate is the word faith. Like you had to have faith in all this. I had to have faith because if if you don't have no faith, that's like the first step. So yeah, like seeing things that's not actually there, but you see it. That's like, yeah, faith, you know what right. I mean? So that's you got to believe I, in yourself. You got to believe in yourself for sure. Yeah. So your surroundings, like I was a mailman. So I would come back off the street, like after delivering mail and I'll tell us, I seen a duplex for sale, $50,000. Oh, that, that house been sitting there forever. It needs so much work. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And you know, yep. I'm just passing yep. it on. I didn't realize I'm asking the wrong person, you know? Right. You are. Right. And again, it's it's who you surround yourself with. That's what it comes down to, right? So, yes. Yeah. All right. Our favorite uh, book that you know helped change your perspective. You know, I honestly don't read too much as I should, right? I, I'm not a big reader. I like to listen to podcasts and stuff like that. But you know, one audiobook that helped me kind of solidify and like understand what I'm even doing. And it's something I read after I did my first burr was um the burr book that bigger pockets had rolled out, right? So um their burr, their burr method, burr investing um, book. And I have it somewhere on that shelf. Um, but that is here, actually, if you bear with me one second, yeah, if you don't mind. Can I walk away for a sec? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so go YouTube, George Do Real Estate. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. New American Dream Podcast. If you want to uh, reach out and do one-on-one, uh, George Do Real Estate. Uh, Instagram and I'll set you up with the time. So the book by David Green. So, you know, obviously it's Spur right there, right on the cover. So this like really dives deeper, like for those who are looking to like get into doing a burr, like definitely this is your owner's manual. Like this is like what you need to like read as far as like instruction wise, because um, it'll help set you apart you know, amongst others for sure.
and it'll give you that insight, you know, that maybe there's a, those things, those nuances, like a seasoning period with the refinance, as far as the, the lender, you might have to wait a year, different things right. like that. So everything you need to know is in that thing. So that definitely helped me not only learn some things that I, I didn't even think about or know about when I, while doing this, um, but it helps solidify like what I, what I like to do and like my investment strategy. So I'm, I'm going to give you two books. This is a freebie for the whole wild world. They see this. Secret book. All right. This guy named Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma. I feel like it's my book we're holding up. But Robin Sharma, he got a book called The 5 a.m. Club. Put it on your Amazon. Order that book. And he got this book too. The monk, the monk who sold his Ferrari. Nothing about real estate, and it's gonna help you the most in your real estate. Trust me. Not about real estate. And so read it. You know, just 10 minutes a day and you, you would be like, okay, it's something. But um, if you had a spirit animal that, re- um, a spirit animal, something, an animal that reflects your personality, what would it be if you had to compare that's, it to? That's a tough question. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, hmm. Based on your personality, what animal you think reflects Giovanni? Yeah, I would say maybe like a lion or a jaguar, right? Like you could be fast at times, but especially a jaguar, right? You can be super fast at times, right? right. And be, you know, as fast as you can and grow and, you know, be powerful. Right. But then there's sometimes where you can walk slow and like kind of get ready to, you know, kind of kill your next thing, right? In All a right. way, like, you know what I mean? Like go for the next thing and, you know, then you run after it, right? Uh, exactly. I see that. Just something like that. You just running all over the place and that thing, no, you're just moving slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, what hobbies outside of real estate do you do? You said golf yeah, is one so, of them. So I golf um, here in New York. The winters get brutal and I didn't know how to ski until like two years ago. So I started skiing and something I picked up and was able to kind of excel with. It's almost like riding a bike. You first start out, you're all over the place and that's how I was. And then eventually after practice, I, I got better with it. So it kind of helped me translate back into like my professional career, right? The more that you practice, the better you get at something. So it helps solidify that. Um, so golfing, skiing, um, and then more or less like fishing at times, like up here in upstate New York, we have a place called the Adirondack mountains and there's a ton of like nature up here in lakes and um, I like to go fishing. It helps me relax. I'm one person who sometimes I need to focus and I'm always like, go, go, go. And I don't have many patients sometimes. So it helps work on those patients because fishing, you know, sometimes you don't catch something right away. Right. right. So you're kind of, you're, you're out there and you're waiting, you're waiting and you're waiting for something to bite at your, your hook. And then boom, you know, you get something that bites at your you know lure and, you know, you wheel it in. So um, that's kind of, those are the, the things that I like to do. And then outside of that, like to travel and stuff. So, yeah. All right. And it's like, a I just thought of this question it's a bonus before you get the last one. If, you know, universe, God whispered in your ear, he wants you to do this while you're here on earth, your years. What do you think like the world wants you to do? Like, what's your, your thing you do better than everybody, you know, like, what's that? I really think it comes down to like truly helping like others, realizing like their untapped potential. Like everyone has something that they can do in life, whether it's, um, you know, no matter what it is, like everyone has some untapped potential. You know, I think there is a, there's a quote, um, it's more or less, it's from the Bronx tale. It's a movie and it's, uh, oh man, I'm going to mess this up, but it's, for the, so it's got, you know, at the end of the day, wasted talent is, you know, it's like terrible to have wasted talent, right? Everyone has talent. So if you waste that talent, you know, that's a shame, right? At the end of the day. So finding what you're passionate for and helping those figure out what that is, is definitely something, is definitely something that's important to me. So, and, and I think that's one thing that, you know, would be fulfilling and something that God could whisper in my ear and say to do, right? So. No, nah, definitely, man. Because people look at me and they be like, I want to do real estate. And I'm like, no, nah, it's something you really good at that I can't do, you know? Right, exactly. And that's, that's what people need to learn to tap into. You don't, everybody trying to do what everybody likes to do on the internet. But yeah. like you said, if you figure out, you know, like you said, you have people tap into what they um, really good at naturally, it makes life a lot easier. And they say, I felt like I was letting the world down by hiding my real estate knowledge and doing something else. That's like me having to cure the cancer 
but I serve burgers. Mm-hmm. It's like people got to, you got to, you're, you, some people, the only people that know how to do something and they need to give it to the world. Yeah. Yes. All right. So the older, ver- old American dream is you work a job for 30, 40 years, then you croak over and retire and croak out. What is your version of the new American dream for you? If you could rephrase that for me, just so okay. I can. So the old American dream is when a person, you know, typical, the old American dream, you work a job for 30 years, and then you retire, and then that's it. You know, that's it. Life yeah. is over. What is yeah. your version of the American dream, the new American dream? I think definitely, again, like for me, it's like creating financial freedom. Like that's like my American dream, no matter if it's through real estate or whatever it is. Like if I could come up with a system in place where I don't have to worry about making money, right? Like, cause I feel like a lot of people focus their time and energy on making money. I want to be able to focus my time and energy on life. Like be able to go out, like I said, and do what I love, like go play golf, go fishing, go travel. You know, eventually I'm going to start a family, go be able to spend time with my kids. Like that's what I would want to be able to do. And sometimes money gets in the way of that, right? Like you have to provide for your family. You have to go out and earn. And, and sometimes that time spent takes you away from the finer things in life, the simpler things in life. Right. And focusing your time and energy on enjoying those to me, that's important. So. Yeah. i tell you right now, that's like the number one factor. Like I got a son, he's four years old and you know, say he does, don't feel good. There's no pressure. Like I can just, you know, stay with him. And I, I don't even get mad. Cause I'd be like, I'd be thanking God that I don't have a job to have to go to and just rush through and then figure out plans, you know? It makes life, you know, I'm going to say easier, but it's more comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, Giovanni, let people know where they can reach out if they want to find you, get in touch. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. And again, my Instagram handle is at the Burr kid. So it's the, and then two, uh, B-R-R-R-R. So four R's, uh, kid. So at the Burr kid on Instagram. So that's where you can find me. And I always post content about what I'm doing, whether it's about my latest house hack that I'm doing, um, whether it's just other things in life, like going out and enjoying a trip, right? Maybe going to Florida um, and going on the beach, stuff like that. It's not always about real estate. Try to post the most raw natural videos ever. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, spend hours editing my stuff. So you get the raw version of me on there. So if I mess up, you're going to see the mess up. That's it. Like That's what it comes down to. Um, But at the end of the day, I want to highlight my journey and help maybe influence and motivate others maybe they have that passion or they're trying to find their start and maybe this will help spark them to take that next step so yeah hey, you my kind of guy i'm just upload this then no edit just put it out get yep. what you get <laughs> Nah, but um thank you for coming on the show and you know you say your goal is financial freedom i say you get it somewhere big and put it you know giovanni is totally financial free so you can see it every day it's already happening yeah. you know i agree with you 100 percent. yeah thank you man Ooh.